Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast for all law enforcement professionals and all those who support them. Sponsored by the National Police Credit Union. We mean police business. I'm your co-host, Ken Bader, with co-host Casey Smith. Casey, how are you? I'm doing really well, minus the 112 degrees here in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a blowtorch is like, you know, when you walk outside, it's it's really intense. But, you know, we're, we're moving right along. I've kind of been um, visiting a lot of police departments in the last few weeks. So it's been exciting. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I, our, our audience keeps getting reminded that you're in uh, National uh, <laughs> sunny, Police Credit Union headquarters of, of uh, Tempe out there. And, and yeah. we record these in advance so people people don't know if it's December or, or, right, or right. July for well, that matter, but it's, it's always hot it's, out there. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And so like what I think it was like February, I had to go up uh, into like northern Arizona and it was uh, 6 a.m. roll call or officer briefing and it was like 29 degrees and I came home later that evening and it was like 90 degrees it is yeah. the most bizarre change in weather here in Arizona but it, it's good it's always fun to to go different places yeah I'll just tell you that it's also about 70 degrees here in Southern California I think Ooh. just about any day I, I could say that <laughs> that's but, nice but one thing that is definitely hot is is the great guest that we have today uh who nice segue yeah you know <laughs> I'm, work, I'm working on it i'm working on it right. uh but our guest today is robert michaels who is the founder of serve and protect he is the ceo and also a lecturer and i'm just going to tell you a little bit about him he's got a, a bs from columbia international university he's got an ma from wheaton college um, he also is a uh, recipient of the FBI Director's Community Leadership Award, the, the Memphis uh, wow. Division. Uh, he was an FBI chaplain, Memphis Division, Ten Tennessee uh, Fraternal Order of Police State Chaplain, chaplain excuse me. Uh, American mm. Academy of Experts in Traumatic Stress National Center for Crisis Management, and probably the most important on the point on the resume for this particular show in our audience is he's a former patrol and detective uh, for the Norfolk Police Department. Robert, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. And one thing you left out that's important. What's I'm that? a card-carrying member of the Chicago Police Federal Credit Union. That's, wow! That's right. You are a member of the National Police Credit Union. So, so if you have any issues with service, you you, you got one of the main people right here. <laughs> yes. If you any problem, shoot me an email. Give me a call. We'll we'll take care of it, Robert. Well, I actually joined before it became the National Police Federal Credit Union. Look oh, at that. Wow. My it card just, actually says Chicago Police Federal Credit Union. Yeah. So for anybody that's a little confused by that, the National Police Credit Union is a division of the Chicago Patrolman's Federal Credit Union. So uh, they're kind of our parent company. So they do work hand in hand. Uh, but it's it's awesome that you've been a longstanding member. I'm excited. Yeah, I think, I well, think you're you. our... You're our first credit union member of this particular credit union on the show, so double welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But let's jump right into it because I know our audience, and I certainly want to hear more about this, is the fact that you're the founder 
of the organization Serve and Protect. Please, please tell us when and why you started that particular organization. Well, funny you should ask. Uh, July 1st is our anniversary. It will be seven years. We founded in uh, July 1st of 2011. That's when I actually founded the Articles of Incorporation, filed all of those, and uh, started applying for our 501c3. Uh, we've been going seven years. We've helped almost 5,000 people. Hmm. Uh, when we began, it was me for five years, and I helped about 3,000 people. Wow. And there was a young lady named Rose Casal that uh, was listening to a radio interview I was doing on Janet Parshall's Marketplace. Okay. And she heard what we do. She said, I've got I've to call this guy. So she wanted to get cards to put in goodie bags that she was giving out to Chicago police. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband's a Chicago police officer. And she said, can I get cards? I said, sure. So I sent her a bunch of cards. Two weeks later, she and her husband called back and said, no, we got to be part of this thing. What can we do to help? Mm-hmm. And we now have 15 people on board between wow. our peer advocates, Rose. We've got a financial management uh, staffer uh, that does seminars around the country. He's one of Dave Ramsey's master financial planners. He's got a bit of his own twist on all of that. But we started it, I did, uh, actually sitting in church. Uh, The job that I had was coming to an end, and uh, I could tell that, you know, when you can tell something's over. Um, And so, you know, I was praying, what do I do? do?" And Serve and Protect came to mind. And initially, we thought that we would do things like have a national network of chaplains. Mm-hmm. So that, and we wanted to recruit a different kind of chaplain. We wanted them to be either active or former police officers or firefighters. Interesting. So they understood the job because too often a chaplain, you know, nothing against that. My father-in-law was a pastor. My brother-in-law was a pastor. Um, you know, they go to, they go to college, they go to seminary and they become a pastor. Right. My father-in-law was actually a chaplain in the Navy, so he had a lot more experience. Sure. But too often, pastors don't have that real-life experience. So yeah. for people that are in public safety, they don't want to talk to somebody that doesn't get them. Mm-hmm. And so we started that direction. We recruited over 100 chaplains. And I got a call from a guy named Sean Riley with, with Safe Call Now. Mm-hmm. And he had seen where I was looking for a crisis line. I wanted to be national, wanted a crisis line. Mm-hmm. He said, well, we want to be national too. We're out in Washington state. Why don't we partner? I said, sure. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is we started taking on any calls that came in that were not for residential care. That's what they take care of. Yeah. He said, can you find therapists? I said, sure. So we started when a caller came to us we would make sure that we had their, their name, their contact information, mm-hmm. who their insurance carrier is. And then we would go to work to find somebody in their area that took their insurance and we would interview them to make sure they understand the job. No interview, no referral. So we've been able to do that now for almost 5,000 people. Now, early on, I called one organization. I said, you guys have a crisis line, right? Yeah, we're in this particular state. Well, I'd like to go nationwide. 
And the person said, well, you know what? If you can come up with a million dollars, we can go nationwide. <laughs> yeah, said, everybody has, you know, just a million dollars sitting around. You certainly had that, right, Robert? <laughs> right. Yeah, in my pocket. I said, well, you know, if I, if I come up with a million bucks, what do I need you for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And after that is when Sean and I talked. Yeah, Sean didn't mention a million bucks. So we were good to go. <laughs> but we've been doing this with them almost seven years. Okay. But we have helped people who call in that experience trauma on the job. Right. Uh, it may be, for some, it's what they saw. Mm -hmm. uh, one guy called and he had to go to a homicide. It was a suicide homicide. Mm -hmm. And a mother had killed her 14-year-old daughter mm -hmm. and then killed herself. Well, the officer has a 14-year-old daughter. Oh. So people call with different things. Some of it is administrative, where they've been mistreated administratively. When officers are encountering this kind of thing, it creates stress. The, the little bit of money that they make, there, there was one up in, in uh, Minnesota, 41 deputies walked in on a Friday because they were gonna change their retirement package on Monday. They walked in on Friday, said, here's our gun and badge. We're signing our retirement papers, see you later. So these kinds of things are going on, not to mention what happens in the media, what happens with political comments. Those things create stressful situations for police, fire, dispatchers. So find somebody for them to talk with to help alleviate that stress. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, there certainly is probably more stress on the job uh, now than it's it's ever been. Yeah, and a lot of things that that we don't um, know about that, like you mentioned, that you know, a, a, an officer could see uh, something that really relates to them, but you'll never hear about it because it's not, you know, it's just what they have to deal with every day, and it's it's unfortunate. And I'm glad that you have that outlet for them. Um, so it's really commendable. Um, but it, it, it looks like it's, it's pretty obvious from your website that Serve and Protect has helped a number of law enforcement professionals and first responders with PTSD and suicidal tendencies. Um, can you tell us a little bit more, more about the, the work that you're doing in that area? Well, a lot of what we do is educational. Okay. Uh, last year, I did 25 seminars for Davidson County Sheriff's Department. Okay. And we went in and did a two-hour seminar did six of them for Hendersonville Fire Department. Um, we've posted them online for free on our website. That's and we're great. getting ready this fall. Uh, the date keeps moving because when you're producing an event, mm -hmm. well, this one can't do it that date, but I right. can do it over here. Well, I can, <laughs> there I can do it here. Right. So I'm going through that process. We've got a venue picked out. We're going to do seven hours of education, two hours on trauma. What is it? What is it not? Right. Is it treatable? You know, should you lose your job over it? Mm -hmm. These are things that are on the minds of those who serve in public safety. Sure. Because yeah. a lot of times people don't understand trauma and they think it's something it is not. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to do an hour on spouse support. Mm -hmm. A lot of times departments don't educate the spouse, right. the first responders, as to what they're going to do, because it does change you. You become somebody different. Yeah. You develop what I call a cast iron shield. Mm -hmm. It keeps you safe 
emotionally on the street. But when you come home, it's not like you can put it over there with your gun and badge. Right. It becomes part of you. Then we're going to do two hours on financial management. Um, Nick Doherty is going to do uh, uh, retirement planning and budgeting. And then we'll do an hour on faith. We'll do an hour on nutrition, uh, fitness, and the importance of sleep. So yeah. all together, we're going to have seven hours uh, that will be available. Uh, we're going to stream it live on Facebook. Nice. And then we're going to post it uh, to make it available on our website and other websites of people who would like to have it to download. That's awesome. Rose has um, become our champion. Rose is the one that started the spouse support group in Chicago. Mm. We've already had our first meeting. But Rose now handles all of the referrals. Mm. She took that project on. So now my whole job is marketing, media, promoting what we do. I create the ads that we put on Facebook. Um, we have a, a PR person, Lisa Mazzelli, mm. who uh, gets us interviews and stuff like that. And I take care of those things. Mm -hmm. So... I take care of top level administration. Sure. Rose is running the whole thing, making sure our peer advocates get trained and all of that sort of thing. Right. Right. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned a couple things. Uh, one uh, was, was trauma and, and what public safety uh, professionals go through and, and, and Casey and I certainly wouldn't understand that particularly because we, we don't do that particular job. We just simply have a, a huge affinity and a, an appreciation for it and, uh, and do what we can. Um, you also mentioned uh, events, and after 15 years of running the Police Officers Credit Union Association, I, 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 know, I know how hard that could be to coordinate, but uh, uh, I understand yeah. Yeah, no, no kidding. I, I understand that you're coordinating and working on a, a video series to provide support in, in a number of areas for law enforcement and first responders. I mean, that that's exciting. Uh, it's probably tied to the seven hours that you just uh, referred to. But what's that's that? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, what's that going to look like, and when when is that going to be available to to law enforcement out there? Well. That all depends on the date we actually can get in there and shoot it. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're looking at shooting mid-fall. So as soon as it's available um, out of the editing bay, uh, the guy that's shooting it will do the post on it. Sure. Uh, all of our slides that we use in the PowerPoints live will be integrated into the videos, so they'll be crisper. Um, but we're going to have quite a bit of information available. I'm going to say no later than after the first of the year, mm -hmm. but possibly before that. Well, we're going to hold awesome. you to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, Casey's pretty good at holding people's feet to the fire, so I'll leave that up to her. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't let him tell you these lies, Robert. <laughs> So you're a herder of cats, huh? <laughs> That's what it feels like. Right. No way. No way. Um, so I noticed the Guns and Hoses Bible Fellowship is a ministry of serve and protect. Can you tell us a little bit about the work um, that you do with that? Sure. It's in a sabbatical right now, okay. meaning I got tired. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we did it for four and a half years. 
and we did it at six in the morning. What was wow. I thinking? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. The good news is the venue was only five minutes from my house, nice. but still I had to get up. And, you know, we would have a small group that would gather together, police, fire. We had um, federal marshal that mm -hmm. would show up. Um, and we would go through either a book itself or um, we would go through, like, for example, I taught a series on Romans. We started mm -hmm. in chapter one, went all the way through. Mm -hmm. And with that, you've got to make sure you get through chapter four before you give up hope. Because the first four chapters are, y'all are in big trouble. Right. <laughs> the rest of it is the hope. We went through a book where, you know, where is God when it really hurts? Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are things that, you know, honesty, morality, and conscience. Mm -hmm. That would fit into the news today, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, we could all use a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so we would go through the book. Each person would have their own copy. We'd come in and we'd talk about what it actually said and how it applied to our lives. And everything that we did was designed so that it would be, how can we apply it to our own lives? Sure. Um, my goal is to restart that. Now that I got this video series up, it'll probably right. be after the first of the year uh, when I get it started, but we're gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna do it at lunch because everybody's got to eat lunch. For sure. sure. We'll do it at some place, you know, that's, that's got a little bit of space. Sometimes eat, I eat lunch back. twice, you know, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I, I used to uh, partake quite a bit uh, when I was a police officer. Mm -hmm. We would, let me tell you, part of the problem with, with the physical side of it is when you work nights, Back when I was on in the 70s, yeah, you had Pizza Hut, Burger King, and McDonald's, and that was it. And, you know, it's not like you could get a salad, yeah, you know, there was no sushi back then, <laughs> right, did, right? Did you, did you, Robert, did you at least have White Castle back then? In, in Virginia? <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm familiar with White Castle, uh, I applaud what they did for the military during Vietnam, they would. That's free right. sliders and oh. send them over to uh, the soldiers in Vietnam. That's an awesome thing. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. I just prefer a little point. bit larger burger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you just you just get two sacks of six, and then you know that's that's, that's about right. Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, please please continue. <laughs> but guns and hoses, as much as anything, is a fellowship. It's just a chance to get together. Yeah. And share your faith. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's something I have to get restarted. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when you start something, it's kind of like going to a buffet. Mm. You know, your eyes are bigger than your belly. Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> you know, but you keep going, you know what? I'm going to have a little bit of this too. Right. Yeah. And next thing you know, you can't eat everything. Well, yeah. I keep saying to Rose, what is our mission? Mm-hmm. Let's focus on our mission yeah. and, and keep things moving forward with what we, what we started for. And that's right. helping public safety. Now, mm -hmm. guns and hoses is a part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an element of that that does help, you know, because faith is an important part of finding self-esteem. Sure. Right. Uh, 
relieving stress. It's, you know, mm-hmm. God helps us in all of those areas. Right. Sure. Sure. When it, when it comes to buffets, you know, I usually say, well, it's there. I might as well eat it. Um, probably part of my back problem <laughs> that I got going on, but, uh, uh, but going, going back to, to, to faith, just, just briefly, you know, with the, my, my father was going to be a Catholic priest. Uh, fortunately he, he didn't because otherwise I wouldn't be doing this show with, with, with you two today. Um, I'm sitting there going, how did that work out? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he he, de- he decided to instead uh, become a teacher, and he taught uh, religious studies for 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 decades. But uh, and although this isn't a religious show, you know, I could say that you know, regardless of what religion you are, and, and our audience, and what faith you are, and what you believe in, I, I think having that connection with with a higher power, you know, certainly has helped me, and, and certainly yeah. can, can help your stress level at, at many times. But to to switch gears a little bit. Uh, not to, we're not going to talk about White Castle and Burger King again, but I do want to talk about <laughs> you being on the night <laughs> shift and, and the work you did as, as a police officer. Since this is a law enforcement show, can, can, you, can you share a little bit about your service as a detective uh, for the Norfolk Police Department? Do, do you have a, a story that you might want to share with us? My old partner in fact, is going to be part of our video series. And I actually wrote a book called Out of the Blue. It probably will never see daylight because I could get in trouble. No, (laughs) no, but you see, I would tell my kids these stories and they go, Dad, you got to write these things down. Right. You know, like Drew and I were called to a burglary. It was a guy out at the beach in a shack. And... We got there, and I, I have, you know, notebook in hand, ready to take his report. Sure. He said, somebody broke in my house. I said, oh, well, really? I said, did they take anything? Yeah, they took my red pants. <laughs> and I looked over at Drew, and he's kind of looking at me. I said, where were they? And he pointed to a table. I said, they were laying on that table? He said, no. That picture right there? When I took that picture, my pants were red, and now they're blue. Drew turned around and started backing out. I said, you leave me, and I'll shoot you. <laughs> I told him, man, I said, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go out here and uh, see if we can't find somebody that stole those blue pants, the red pants. But, you know, you get crazy calls. We, yes. we had one lady that said, you know, somebody broke into her house and stole her television. So we got there and we said, now, do you know who did it? She said, I saw them. I said, well, where did they go? She said, they got on horses and went right up there. And she pointed to the attic. I said, they rode out on horseback to the attic? She said, yeah. And I lifted up the top of her attic door. and It was about that tall, about a foot tall. I said, it must have been little bitty horses. <laughs> she didn't like that. She got pretty mad. Yeah, they were ponies. Probably just wanted somebody to move her television from the attic to the living room. That's what it sounded like. All right. Well, it would have been a little bitty television, too, I'm going to tell you. Right. You know, you run into things at night. Sometimes people in depression do crazy things at night. Sure. So you you get homicide calls, you get suicide calls, uh, you get involved in fights and bars. 
you get into high speed chases. I'd rather be in a high speed chase at night than during the day. Hmm. But um, I chased this guy one time that was driving a souped up ambulance. Hmm. And we, <laughs> we, he was going over the humps in the road, sparks flying everywhere. And he got up to about 100 miles an hour. And he hit a sand dune and went airborne and ended up in the water. Oh my God. And he had a drunk in the car named George. <laughs> and George kept trying to open the door to get out. Now, I had been told that this guy was armed. And he spun around and started raising his hand. Mm -hmm. Well, I fired a shot out into the water. George thought I hit him, fell face first in the water. I told a rookie, go fish him out. And <laughs> this other guy, Gary, took off running down the beach. Uh, by the time that happened, I had put on a pound or two, eating those quarter pounders and pizza. Sure. And he got away. Pizza oh, Hut will do that to you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Yeah, but you know what? I found a solution to that. Hmm. There's a pizza shop out near me. And I'll go in there and I'll just get one slice. But I'll have him put double topping on. Ah. <laughs> now that's okay. a smart man right there. I gotta try that He's one. Saving carbs. Yeah. See, I'll yeah. if somebody puts a pizza in front of me, I'll eat the whole damn pizza. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. Pizza's a weak spot for me. Yeah. 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 Same well, here. Well, you know, Casey, I, I grew up in Chicago. Casey, you know, also spent a lot of time in Chicago. We, we, we don't have any good pizza in that city. Um, <laughs> that's probably part, part of my problem. But, yeah, you know, you can't, going back to your, your stories, you know, you just can't make up this stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, let me tell you, some of them are pretty moving. We, yeah. we arrested these two kids on burglaries. They had broken into a lot of houses. and. I called one of them's dad. I said, we got your son down here. We found them. They were sleeping in a laundromat in the dryer. And mm. they didn't want to go home. So this one kid, I said, I need to talk to your father. He said, he's not going to come down. So I called the dad and I said, I need you to come down here. We've arrested your son for burglary. I don't care. I said, well, let me explain it differently. I need you to come down here. To the, to the second precinct so we can talk with you. He said, I'm not coming. I said, okay, let me translate this in a language you'll understand. You've got 15 minutes to get here, or in 16 minutes, there'll be a patrol car in front of your house, and I'm gonna arrest you for negligence. Yeah. Mm. I said, you can't do that kind of stuff. Right. The, the other kid's mother said, I said, did you not notice food appearing in your refrigerator, like right. roasts and turkeys? I said, oh my no, God. I just thought God put them there. I said, <laughs> I don't think God goes to the Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> not usually, no. no. But, you know, you, you run into these kind of people. We, I never could work Youth Bureau. We had a call one night. Um, I didn't want to. Uh, there was this baby that a neighborhood crying, uh, heard crying. And we went in there, the back door was wide open. We could hear the kid crying, nobody home. So we went in to check on the welfare of the child. And when we shined a flashlight on its stomach, there were cigarette burns all over. God. And the neighbor said, I can tell you where, where the father is. He's across the street in the bar. 
his wife works there and he's over there drinking. So we walked over, he pointed him out. We went back to the house called Child Protective Services, the youth bureau. Youth bureau. Well, he shows up. Where have you been? I went to get milk. Where's the milk? Uh, I must have left it on the counter over there. No, no. You were throwing back suds because we saw you. Yeah. And the sad thing is you want to help these kids so bad, yeah. but too often the courts will hold them for a minute and turn them right back over to that abusive home. And, you know, you wonder how there are so many messed up young people. It's because they don't have fathers in the home. They, they turn to gangs to find support and empathy. They turn to the wrong places. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at what's going on up in Chicago, that's terrible. And uh, so when you see that as a police officer, it hardens that cast iron shield. Sure. Because you can't look at that as somebody's baby. You can't look at that body mm-hmm. on the ground as somebody's son. It's evidence. Yeah. But what that does is it causes you to be cynical. Um, you don't feel emotion. You shut it off. Um, those are the things you start bottling up. And when, when traumatic incidents occur, they build up over time. Right. And, and like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, seeing it yourself. When the five officers in Dallas were killed, Mm-hmm. every officer in America felt that. Sure. That's why if you ever go to a police funeral, you'll see police from all over the country if it's a death in the line of duty. Right. Uh, they come from all over. What makes it worse is when you find out those five officers in Dallas were not allowed to wear their tactical gear mm-hmm. because they were afraid it would be politically incorrect. The administration did. Mm-hmm. Those men died for politics, and it's it's sad. On the other hand, there was a lady there that was part of the protest, and she was interviewed. She says, let me just say this. I was there to protest police. When the shot started, a police officer grabbed me, threw me to the ground, and laid on top of me to protect me. Right. She said, I got a changed opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's people have to stop listening to the spin. Yeah. And start digging for truth. Yeah, it's it's certainly, you know, that type of event certainly changes your perspective. Um and there's no doubt, you know, that that there is a a ridiculous amount of stress um that's put on our, our law enforcement and their families um without question uh which i think you know more than anything highlights the work that that you're doing um through serve and protect and and through your ministry and through a, a lot of other different avenues um but but speaking of stress um, and we're not going to try to cause you any stress, Robert, but to, to switch it up a little bit. 
Um, one of the things that, that Casey loves to do with our guests is a little bit uh, of a speed lightning round. And, and we don't even, we don't even give you a heads up on these things, Robert. So apparently uh, I didn't know about it. That's, that's, that's right. We do that. We do that on purpose, but, uh, but from, from that. Okay. Stage, can I phone a friend? Yeah. <laughs> after, after no our show. Right. Right. He's in just FYI, he's using the word speed very loosely. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. You don't have to fire off your answers in a very quick way. It's Remember, okay. I'm an old guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it easy on you. I'll take it easy on you. But yeah, these are just a, some fun questions that we ask all of our guests. So um, feel free to think about them and, and give us your, your favorite answers. So uh, number one favorite crime fighter of all time it can be a human an animal a superhero or a machine um superman Ooh, that's a good one he's yeah, one of my favorites i love to be able to fly like that yeah it, right you know, I, I actually but I, I don't I, think i'd look good in the tight <laughs> well it depends you know i i kind of think that laser vision thing would be be pretty good that's pretty, that's pretty good and yeah, those, those tights aren't flattering on most people, so don't feel bad. This is true. But if you're Superman, it comes with the body, I guess. It sure guess. does. It sure does. And you probably right, can never eat all the Pizza Hut you want and still be in those tights if you're Superman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, number two, best buddy cop movie or TV show? Um. I grew up watching Starsky and Hutch. Ooh, that's a good one. And my old police partner and I were known as Chili and Hot Dog. <laughs> Which one were you, Robert? Um, I plead the fifth. <laughs> smart man, smart man. Right, right. It's, uh, it's funny that you say that because when we got, we had these cash recyclers at one of our branches um, several years ago. And when they came, it was like, we got to name the cash recyclers because they were, you know, just there, they're contributing to, you know, the teller line. And we named two of them Starsky and Hutch. So <laughs> we try to stick a police well, you know being a cash recycler sounds interesting yeah yeah I mean, I mean, <laughs> you give it to me and i give it to the retailer <laughs> I could do all, that. we would all love that uh robert we would <laughs> all right so number three what is your definition of a hero a dad Ooh, that's a great one well a dad does things that nobody knows about and he doesn't ask for recognition. Mm -hmm. Now it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I strive to be a, a good dad. Yeah. And I think everybody wants a good dad, but not everybody has one. Yeah. That's and true. that's, that's sad. Yeah. Dads are super important. I agree. They're superheroes. They are. I know mine was. Um, okay. So, I mean, speaking of which, and you may have already answered this, but who would you say is your hero or the person you admire the most? Um, wow. That's hard to answer. Um, my old partner. Hmm. Um, 
I like that one. I was not a nice guy when I was on the streets. I know you find that hard to believe. <laughs> I was, I was, for a while, I was kind of mean. Mm. And we were out one night, and uh, this kid smarted off, and he turned around, and I grabbed him by his neck, and I drew back, getting ready to hit him. And Drew, my partner, put his hand on my shoulder. He said, what are you doing? Someone hit him. He said, why? Is it because he's a jerk? Mm-hmm. He said, he is. But why don't you choose not to hit him? Now, we've been talking all of this time about what I did to start Serve and Protect. Mm-hmm. Had Drew not been that guy that was willing to stand up and challenge me, sure, something not very popular in law enforcement communities, You're right. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. It wouldn't have happened. So every time I get the opportunity, I talk about the guy that influenced me to make a turn in my life. Mm-hmm. There's several that did that. Drew came to mind when you asked me the question. Yeah. No, I like that. I think we all need a Drew in our lives. We're all called to be Drews. Yeah. You know, it's... Human nature tells us to back off. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get involved in anybody else's life. That's why our world's in the condition that it is. You know, I grew up in the 50s. But let me tell you something. If I went down the street and I was acting up, that neighbor would have called my grandmother because that's who yeah. raised me and said, let me tell you something. Little Bobby's down the street getting in a mess down there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have yeah. got a whipping when I got home. Right. But yeah. we need to hold each other not just accountable but we need to encourage one another right right you talked about dads being heroes and you know my dad certainly was one of my heroes and yeah i never got any trouble as a kid and i went to the high school that he taught at and it wasn't because i didn't want to get in Uh, trouble i just didn't want to get my ass kicked when i got home Yep. Yep. <laughs> because that was that was a different time, of course. Uh the person mm-hmm. that keeps me out of trouble now from doing a lot of, of stupid things since uh, uh I don't think I'm as mean as you, Robert, although I, <laughs> I probably wanna <laughs> wanna do things that are, are a little uh should be out of character, but that uh, was God, that was my past now. Yeah. I'm not yeah. bad Robert now, I'm nice Robert. Nice Robert. <laughs> well, I will I will tell you that that my wife does an awesome job of keeping me nice kids and keeping me from doing a lot of stupid things that I would normally want to do. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but Robert, you know, that was, that was great insight. Um, and, and not only insight, but, you know, we, we really appreciate, you know, some of the, uh, so, some of the stories and, and some, of, some of the background, um, not only in, in your career, but, but also with, with Serve and Protect. Uh, why don't you tell us how people can find Serve and Protect, especially um, if, they, if they do need some help? It's real easy. Uh, Serve and Protect, our website is serveprotect.org. We're on Facebook slash Serve Protect. And they can call our crisis line, 615-373-8000. It'll be answered by a peer advocate that will find out what their needs are. They'll assess the situation. Uh, 
and either if they need residential care, they'll, they'll help them get into there. If it's um, finding a therapist, they'll send them our way and we'll find that therapist. But 24 seven, 365, 615, 373, Awesome. That's great. Yeah. And we'll make sure that information is in the, um, in the podcast information. So if you guys didn't get that number or if you're driving, we'll make sure it's available to you. Absolutely. Um, but thank you, Robert. It was, it was a pleasure having you on the show and we appreciate your time today. Well, thank you. Enjoyed mm-hmm. being with you. Yes. Um, anything else, Ken, you want to add before I shut her down? Oh, you know, just simply a, a big thank you to Robert and, and not only for, for serve and protect and being on the show, but, uh, but for your service as, as a police officer. Um, thank you very much, Robert. Thank you very much. Enjoyed yeah. it. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, be sure to go to uh, the website that, that Robert provided. Check out everything that's going on there. Um, and be sure to share this podcast, rate it on iTunes, Google Play. Um, you'll see us on Stitcher. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to cover or a guest that you think would be a great feature for the podcast, send me an email um, at ksmith at nationalpolicecu.com. And that's it, you guys. Thanks again for listening. You have a great week and stay safe out there. Take care, everybody. <laughs>